Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, and as I promised last week, I'm going to record an episode kind of breaking down Kentucky's updated NCAA tournament resume. I know we're about four or five hours from tip-off uh, versus Ole Miss at Rupp Arena, so hopefully I get this up in time for you, some of you all to listen to it before uh, that matchup. And then, uh, obviously, if you miss it today, as long as Kentucky wins tonight versus Ole Miss, uh, a lot shouldn't change because this is a game that if you win it, it, it really doesn't do much for your NCAA tournament resume. It's not a great win. I think it's actually, let me look here, I think it's pretty sure a quad three win uh, for the Cats if they win at Rupp Arena tonight. Uh, yeah, that is correct. So Ole Miss is 110 in the net. So it's a quad three game before a quad one game to close the season at Florida on Saturday afternoon. So just updating Kentucky's resume as it stands, according to numbers, they did drop to number five in the net. I know they were at number three in the net, it seemed like for, let me look here, since February 12th, Kentucky didn't move in the net until Sunday when they dropped to four, and then they dropped to five today. Uh, the reason that they dropped is when you look at Baylor and you look at their resume, Baylor picked up another quad one road victory last night at Texas. Baylor is now 12-4 and four in quad one games this year, 5-1 and one in quad two. They have no quad three losses and no quad four losses. So Baylor has put together a really strong resume. They're bumped up to a one seed after that win versus Kansas over the weekend, and then they, they stayed on the one line with that win over Texas last night. So when I talked about Baylor a couple weeks ago, when the initial bracket, when the committee revealed the top 16 teams, I believe that was on the same day that Kentucky played Alabama, so the 19th. Baylor was ahead of Kentucky, and at the time I, I, I got it because Baylor had nine quad one wins, but I didn't kind of understand it because of the way that they had lost at Alabama and the way that they had lost at Kansas, and then they just lost at Texas Tech. Well, Baylor has since added three quad one wins, one of them that 10-point win at home versus Kansas, and then went on the road at Texas last night, and then Kentucky's loss – obviously, and then some other shakeup there has bumped Baylor back to the one line. That is where they should be. As a team that has 12 quad one victories, let me just skim through through the net here. Uh, Kansas has 10 quad one victories. That is it. Those are the only two teams in college basketball that have double-digit quad one wins. Gonzaga's eight and three in quad one. Arizona five and two. Kentucky eight and six, which I'll get into in a minute. Kansas 10 and four, Villanova six and six, Tennessee seven and seven, Duke five and one, Texas Tech seven and four, Auburn seven and four, Purdue seven and four. Just going down this list of teams that are in that one to two to three seed uh, range, depending on which bracketology update that you look at. I know Joe Lenardi has Kentucky at a two, while Jerry Palm has Kentucky at a three. I don't think Kentucky has a three seed resume. I think they're a two seed if the tournament started today with a chance to still play their way into a one. Auburn's loss at Tennessee over the weekend and bumping off the one line, I think has kind of opened things up for Kentucky to, to, to kind of take charge here. If Kentucky wins out, I'd love to see them play Auburn again in the SEC tournament. Where will Kentucky be seated? We have no idea. That picture will be very clear as this week progresses. Obviously, Kentucky go could go for, for a two seed. If some shakeup happens, they need some help. Uh, most likely a three possibly a four, depending on what happens this week in the SEC. But regardless, Kentucky is going to have opportunities to add quad one wins, and they did over the weekend. So we haven't recorded since this. You all that listen to this podcast, or if you listen to me on Sources Say, you know that I've been watching three games 
or three opponents for Kentucky when it comes to the net. I've had my eye on North Carolina because that one needed to stay a quad one. Good news is North Carolina won, and they're continuing to win. They're up to 39 in the net. That thing is not dropping to a quad two. Kentucky's going to remain a quad one victory versus North Carolina on a neutral floor. The second one I was watching was Texas A&M. That one has been on the verge of falling out of quad one for probably a month now, but they continued to hover somewhere around 72 to 74. Well, they're up to 66 now, so you've still got nine spots to wiggle with. You need that one to stay a quad one. That win versus Vanderbilt on January 11th, I know I've talked a lot about it, and everybody's probably like, well, how are you parent paying so much attention to a game versus Vandy? It's because that is now a quad one win for Kentucky on the road in Nashville. Vandy is 74 in the net. Uh, looking at their schedule that they have left, I would be pulling for Vanderbilt to win a game here. They play this same Ole Miss team on the road Saturday, and then they host Florida tonight at Memorial Gymnasium. So that would be a big win for Vandy if they can get it. The, the thing that's helping Vandy is that they played a lot of tough games on the road. Uh, they have won some SEC games. They obviously that win at Arkansas early in January, the only team. So the top four in the SEC are undefeated at home The or besides Arkansas, and Vandy was the team that won in Fayetteville. Uh, go figure. So that win is helping them out. Uh, they have a win versus LSU that's helping them out. Uh, then they just beat that Texas A&M team a week or so ago, and then they had close games with Alabama and Nashville and then a close one on the road at Mississippi State. So if Vandy could get a win here, down the stretch, that game may stay a quad one win for Kentucky. And, and I still think this is a Kentucky team that when the bracket is revealed on Selection Sunday, they will have 10 to 11 plus quad one victories. So they're at eight right now. You get another one on Saturday at Florida, that's nine. You get a couple in, in uh, Tampa. You could find yourself in that 11 to 12 win quad one territory, depending on how the bracket is in, in Tampa and if that Vandy game can stay a quad one. If that happens – just looking at the over quad, overall records for quad ones, let me pull them up here. So I labeled them a second ago. There's not as many quad one opportunities available in the Pac-12. So Arizona, when it comes to their schedule at five and two in quad one, and I know they're still on the one seed line. That To me, that was the worst loss of the weekend on the road at Colorado by 16 points. Uh, there was just a lot of losses in the top 10. I mean, you had probably the craziest day in college basketball history but no shakeup when it comes to the seed lines other than Baylor jumping to the one line, Auburn falling down to the two line. There wasn't a ton of movement. Maybe it was a spot or two here or there where some teams kind of uh, tussling at the three and four line with Tennessee getting a big win, Michigan State getting a big win over Purdue. You had some shakeup along those lines. But when it comes to the one and two seed, there wasn't a ton. Uh, but Arizona five and two in quad one. Uh, Kansas 10 and four, the big 12 is going to present opportunities for quad one. So Kansas and Baylor are going to continue to add up Texas tech opportunities to add up anybody in the sec, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, those teams are going to be able to help themselves, especially in that conference tournament, because there's quad one games available. As long as the top half of the league advances, you're going to have quad one opportunities on a neutral floor. So all those teams can help themselves. Uh, Villanova six and six in quad one. So when you look at this, Kentucky, if they get a good run here, Duke is another one, five and one. Not going to be many quad one opportunities in that conference tournament in, in the ACC. So Kentucky is a team that could get to double-digit quad one wins if they do and they win out and some shakeup happens at the top. Maybe a one seed is still in play. I think Kentucky, as long as they win the next two, get to that semifinal round in Nashville, 
I think they're a, a two seed. If they get through the semifinal round, I think they're locked in for sure as a two seed. The only way I think they fall to a three is if they drop one of these regular season games remaining and then they lose before the champion. Maybe they lose before the championship game or lose before the semifinal game in Tampa. I think that's the only way they fall to a three. Honestly, I, I think they're firmly a two, should be a two at worst, as long as they take care of business with a chance to still get a one. Uh, but, but these resumes, when you look at them, like I said, not a whole lot of shakeup over the weekend. The, the Big 12 with Kansas and Baylor, I, I think at one point I thought the SEC had a really good shot at getting two ones. That was when Auburn was the near the top as the overall number one seed or number two overall seed there behind Gonzaga. I thought Kentucky had a chance to play in and then Auburn have a chance to stay as well if that were the SEC championship game. Now, certainly that could still happen if both of those teams get hot and there's some upsets at the top in these projections. But it feels more likely that if a conference is going to get two ones, it's going to be the Big 12 in Baylor and Kansas. Uh, the only way I think that happens, though, is if a team like like Arizona continues to kind of uh, – if, if they lose a game here down the stretch, another one in the Pac-12, and, and they're not impressive. Uh, but Arizona, 25-3, and three, they didn't move in Lenardi's projections. Uh, so it looks like the Pac-12 has a one seed. Gonzaga did not move. Uh, that was not a bad loss for Gonzaga. And I know their conference tournament has a different format, so they don't play for a while. They're, they're pretty much going to be on the one seed line. I don't see Gonzaga dropping off the one line at all, so you can lock that one in. Um, and going through the rest of this, just looking at Lenardi's bracket, I have it pulled up on my phone here. Uh, so here's Kentucky's bracket as it stands in projections, and you can kind of take this with a grain of salt, but he has them projected in the Midwest. I think it's very important for Kentucky to get Indianapolis the first weekend, and I think that's going to happen. I think that's big for Kentucky and their fans for Big Blue Nation to have that short drive up to Indy. And then to me, it's either get Philly or get Chicago. So get the East or get the Midwest. Kentucky fans are going to travel there as well, but they're projected in Lenardi's bracket to go to the Midwest uh, where Arizona is the one seed. And then Kentucky's the two. Kentucky would be projected to play Jacksonville State as the 15, and then the winner of Iowa State in North Carolina in that second-round matchup. Uh, Texas, Texas is the five seed in that projection. Providence is the four. Uh, Wisconsin is the three. So that is Lenardi's latest bracket update. Now, this stuff changes, obviously, day by day, depending on what happens in college basketball. And Kentucky's got a senior night matchup with Ole Miss, so I'll get into it and talk a little bit about that right now. Kentucky is up to number two in Ken Palm. They're number three in adjusted offensive efficiency and number 20 in adjusted defensive efficiency. So just updating the numbers. You have had a couple of teams kind of move here. Arizona's down to four. That loss at Colorado wasn't a great loss. I know it's not a resume killer, but to lose it by 16, definitely not impressive. I do think that they should have dropped a little more when it comes to polls and rankings and things like that because that just losing to an unranked team while the other teams lost close games on the road to ranked teams – uh, doesn't sit well with me when they didn't move very well. But Gonzaga, number one in Ken Palm, two in offense, six in defense. I put, I told you about Kentucky being number two. Baylor, three. Now, they're one of those teams that is eighth in offense, tenth in, tenth in adjusted defense. So uh, those elite numbers are starting to show up for Baylor that were there early in the season for them, being in the top ten in both categories. To me, that is impressive considering they're in the Big 12 with 12 quad one victories. I think Baylor – uh, now, when you're, when you're looking and you're watching them play, I watched them play last night, well-coached team, defending national champions. They're going to be a problem in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 
Arizona, 12 in adjusted 12th in adjusted offense, 11th in adjusted defense. Duke is fifth in Ken Palm, sixth in offense, 22nd in defense. Uh, Kansas, seventh overall, fourth in offense, 31st in defense. Auburn, right behind them at eight, 18 in offense, eight in defense. When it comes to Kentucky, I know they've had some defensive struggles the last four or five games. And a lot of that, in, in my opinion, is because two of their better defenders obviously have been injured. So I'm not wanting to look into that too much. I want to see Kentucky healthy beginning tonight, going through Tampa. I want a four- or five-game sample here, and I want to see where they are in Ken Palm in offensive and defensive efficiency when they're at full strength. We, we've seen them climb to number 11, number 12, and adjusted defensive efficiency after that road win at Alabama had the win at South Carolina, then you had the Tata ankle injury there against Florida, then you had the Tennessee game with Xavier Wheeler. That takes a lot from Kentucky when your best on-ball defender. I think Tata Washington is emerging into one of their best defenders on the roster. I thought he did some good things defensively down the stretch at Arkansas, and I want to see them get 100%, and I want to see not really what their Ken Palm adjusted defensive number gets to overall so that 20 does it climb to 12 or 13 before the NCAA tournament that'd be good I just want to see where it ranks in college basketball over the next week and a half to 10 days I want to see where they are if they play in Auburn a Tennessee someone like that Arkansas again in the SEC tournament on the road at Florida this weekend home versus Ole Miss tonight I want to see where that number is just based on that five game sample if, if those numbers are close and they're both top 10 then I think Kentucky's where they want to be, regardless of where they're at, where they're at in the actual Ken Palm ratings over the course of 31 to 34 games in a season. I just want to see the small sample the next 10 days and see where Kentucky's at there. This is a game tonight at Rupp Arena. You've got to win it on senior night, honoring Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady. A great opportunity to send them out on a on a good note. That atmosphere at Rupp Arena of the season. I know they haven't had many big games, but the last two have been some of the best that I've ever witnessed. And then all four SEC games at home, Georgia, Tennessee, and then the last two, to me, though, those weekend games have been very, very good uh, fan base, for the fan base. And they've been very active. They've been engaged, and they've helped Kentucky uh, to some victories. So let's look at this Ole Miss schedule. It's kind of wild. I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with Kermit Davis at the end of the year. They're 1-10 in quad one games. They're 5-1 and one in quad two, 2-4 two and four in quad three, and 5-1 and one in quad four. So this is uh, – one of the uh, the worst teams in college basketball when it comes to a resume standpoint, haven't done a whole lot to help themselves and honestly surprised. I think back last spring, I picked them as a team to kind of watch. And then I know they've had some injury issues and things like that down the stretch. And then their non-conference schedule, I see that they beat Memphis. Uh, not a whole lot in that non-conference part, but then SEC play has just been brutal for them. So they opened with a loss to Tennessee, a six-point loss followed it with a win versus Mississippi State, and then lost five in a row. One, at, one against Florida at home, lost to Arkansas, won the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge versus Kansas State, and then won at LSU. You're thinking they're starting to turn it around, and then they lose four more, beat Georgia, then they lose two more. So this is one of the uh, worst teams in the league. Kentucky needs to take care of business at Rupp Arena tonight. I, this, to me, would be a game where you get a lot of things right. I think John Calipari made the right decision to play Tata Washington and Xavier Wheeler in that game at Arkansas because you saw some of the rust that needed to be kind of uh, shaken off. You want to see them get back in rhythm. 
now that you have two regular season games to go, SEC tournament coming up, I think it was big to get them in the in there against Arkansas. I don't know. They probably played more minutes than John Calipari had hoped them play. I know Tata Washington and Salvier both played starter minutes, even though they didn't start the game. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, like, what are their minutes tonight? Do they play starter minutes again? Does he give them less? I think they need to play as much as they can as long as they're healthy to kind of work back and everybody establish a rhythm again. And to me, this would be the perfect night for Kentucky to go win a game by 25 to 30 again. Get a comfortable win at Rupp Arena, get a lot of positive energy moving into that final regular season matchup at Florida and just develop that chemistry over the next couple of games. I'm just glad that they were able to work those two back in before the conference tournament because if you go to Tampa and you lose the first day, then you still have some rust to shake off going into the NCAA tournament. Now that you've got Arkansas on your belt, you get the next two, get two to three games in Tampa, depending on whether they win or advance to the championship game, you get five or six games to kind of work some chemistry and some rhythm back in there. And then you go into that NCAA tournament feeling really good about yourself. But it'll be Kentucky and Ole Miss tonight at Rupp Arena. Derek and I will do a mailbag on Wednesday. So as soon as this game ends tonight, we're promising we're going to do a mailbag tomorrow. It'll be available tomorrow afternoon, possibly tomorrow evening. As soon as the game is over, DM your mailbag questions. I will put up a tweet tonight, and then I'll have a recap ready to run down everything that happens between Kentucky and Ole Miss at Rupp Arena. Stay locked into the Kentucky Daily Feed. I have some guest episodes scheduled over the next 10 days. We're going to have some SEC tournament previews dropping. A lot of excitement. This is our first March with the NCAA tournament since we started the show. We will talk some football. I know Mark Stoops introduced the new assistant coaches today. Mark Stoops had a presser himself. I'll get with Derek, and we'll we'll cover all that and get there get that out there to you as well at some point this week. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. You got three locations: Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.